Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Got my coffee mug of the day, Jesus and caffeine, because adulting is hard. So there you have it, coffee mug of the day. Looking forward to jumping into Revelation chapter 7. We actually began the chapter last episode and covered eight full verses, which is somewhat of a record for us here in our study of the book of Revelation. We talked a bit about those 144,000 Jewish evangelists. Uh, Interesting people, Uh, virgin men, uh, sealed of God, uh, 12,000 of each tribe, whom God has set apart to proclaim the gospel during the tribulation period. So I guess the question would be, were their efforts or will their efforts, from our perspective, be effective? Uh, Will they reach anybody? Will the world hear from them about Christ and will that make a difference? And the answer to all of those questions is a resounding yes. And we find the difference that they made detailed in the rest of the chapter. And it begins here in verse number 9, if you'll look at it, Revelation chapter 7 and verse number 9, where the Bible says, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude. Now, uh, let me just give you the spoiler at the beginning. The great multitude here is a multitude of what we call tribulation saints. So you know the word saint refers to a sanctified one or a saved one. So if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you're a saint. The Bible teaches that during the tribulation period, the gospel will still be preached. So the 144,000 Jewish evangelists will be proclaiming the gospel. And there will be many that will come to Christ. And I think that begs the question, well, what about those of us that have heard the gospel before the rapture? but maybe have not received Christ as Savior, will we then have the opportunity after the rapture to trust Christ? And there's several schools of thought on that. But the the most common school is that the Bible teaches that those that have heard the truth and have rejected it after after the rapture will believe a strong delusion. They'll believe a lie and will not have the opportunity to be saved uh, after the rapture. Uh, the, The point is this, regardless of what the Bible teaching is on that, and you can go to that verse there in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, uh, the, the point is this, the best time to trust Christ as Savior is now. The best time. That's not to say that there won't be people during the awful time on earth. We've been talking about that for the last few episodes called tribulation, that there won't be people saved, there will be. And watch what the Bible says in verse number nine again, where it says, a great multitude. Behold, lo, a great multitude, which no man could number. So there are going to be millions upon millions of people that hear and receive the gospel. I think that Many times, erroneously, we look at the tribulation as a time of God's great wrath, and certainly it is, 
But there will never be a more fruitful time for the gospel than the time of the tribulation. Uh, As people are thinking about God and they're thinking about uh, the fact that they have to face that God and all of these tribulation events are reminding them of the power and sovereignty of God. So insofar that these Jewish evangelists and the two witnesses, we'll talk about them later, that are testifying to who God is, have great success in ministry so that a great multitude that no man can number is saved. Now, many of them will be martyred. And watch what the Bible says in verse number nine, which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues. They stood before the throne, before the lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. So a couple things about them. First of all, there's a great multitude of them. We talked about that. But then the Bible says there are people from everywhere. They're from every nation, every tribe, every kindred, every tongue. So in heaven, there will still be great individuality. Uh, There will be the retention of the identity to some degree that we have on earth so that we will be recognized and retain some of that individuality that God has so graciously given us. Being able to recognize who this person is and where they're from and how God has saved us out of every corner of the earth uh, to for his glory and for our good. It'll, it'll be a wonderful thing. Specifically, though, in Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9, we're talking about these saints that have been martyred during the tribulation period. We'll, we'll come back to why I believe that uh, maybe in uh, the next episode because we won't get there today. But the point is they have been saved. And the the symbol of that is they're clothed in white robes. And remember, white raiment is the, the both the color and the rain and the robe, the raiment of a saint. Uh, one that has been washed, one that is pure, not having made himself pure, but having received the purity that comes only by the blood of Christ. And again, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Again, the the white robe was also the the robe of the priest, the servant of God. And as believers who have come to God through Christ, we have access to God. We are a kingdom of priests unto God. So there's a whole lot going on here in Revelation chapter 7. The Bible says they stood before the throne uh, and before the Lamb. So that brings us back to chapters number four and five. Remember chapter four, the throne room of God, the rainbow surrounding the throne, the four living creatures, the 24 elders. Remember that whole thing? And then the lamb who entered that opened the, the scroll and the seven seals thereof. Uh, this is, this is the, the throne room. And the Bible says these tribulation saints who have been saved are in the throne room of God. And what are they doing? Verse number 10, they cry with a loud voice. So they have palm branches. What does that remind you of? That ought to remind you of Palm Sunday. Remember when Jesus triumphantly entered into the city of Jerusalem on that Sunday before his crucifixion? We call it Palm Sunday. And palms were a symbol of victory. 
And they threw those palm branches down before Jesus and threw their coats down before Jesus and cried, Hosanna, son of David. Here comes the king. Save now is what that literally means. And here they are with palm branches and praising God at the throne room of God. And it says in verse number 10, and they cried with a loud voice saying, salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb. That doesn't mean that God needs salvation, obviously. What that means is salvation comes from God. So again, it's reiterated, these tribulation saints, although they've suffered for the Lord, although they have worked for the Lord, although they've been faithful and had a testimony and stood for uh, the gospel during dark days, none of those things save them. We're not saved by works of righteousness, which we have done. It's according to his mercy. And so salvation, they will cry, belongeth unto God and to the Lamb. Salvation is entirely of God. We could say salvation is of the triune God. God the Father sent his Son. The Son gave his life. The Spirit is the one that introduces us and testifies of the Son and indwells us uh, at the moment of salvation. Salvation is, is of God. And that, that's what these saints are crying out to God. Salvation unto God and the Lamb. Verse number 10. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. So there's the sovereignty of God and there's the salvation of God. All in one picture. And John is seeing this. You know, sometimes we sing that song, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. And I can't think of a better scene in all the Bible than this scene to underscore that song. You know, these are people that will go through untold horrors. These are people that will go through incredible persecution and deprivation. And we'll talk a bit about what some of that is. And yet they trust Christ. They listen to the words of the gospel given by those evangelists. They put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And even though they suffer a horrific death, there they are in reality at the throne of God who's in control, who gives eternal salvation and their praise is echoing all about. And here's John who gets a view of earth in all of its brokenness and all of its sin and all of its horror. And he sees this view in heaven in all of its righteousness, in all of its glory, in all of its salvation praise. And that's the way you and I ought to live. You know, we see the brokenness of this world. We see the, the horror of it. We see the inequity in all of it. Sometimes we see how we as believers are continually marginalized. And yet what we need to do in our mind's eye as we go to the throne room, throne room of God in our daily prayer, come boldly to the throne of grace, we need to get that perspective too, don't we? The perspective that God is in control and God ultimately vindicates his own and salvation is of the Lord. Praise be to God. Well, I hope that helps today. Uh, we're gonna jump into verse number 11 tomorrow. So I hope you'll join us. God bless you today, my friends. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, 
God bless.